Hi everybody, I'm Amelia Easley and you are listening to the Sustainability of podcast. I'm currently studying environmental studies and international business at Santa Clara University. Each episode breaks down a company or product and its sustainable practices. I'm your one-stop shop for learning about everything sustainability related. Hi everyone, welcome to part two of my interview with Sayona. Today we're going to go into depth on the environmental costs of the jewelry industry and really talk about why using lab-grown diamonds and recycled gold is so important and really like what goes into the jewelry industry that we might not have thought of. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, I definitely recommend doing that because um Sayona talks about who she is, her company, and we really get more on her background and learn about her extensive knowledge in the field. So, yes, I'm so excited. We're going to move on to our second half, where we're going to talk about specifics of the environmental portion um, of gold and diamonds. So your website mentions the shocking fact that it requires 20 tons of waste to produce one gold ring. Will you go into more depth into the process of making jewelry out of recycled materials, what the steps involved are, and then also how you source your recycled gold? Okay, Um, for us it's, okay, for recycled gold, as you mentioned uh, previously, uh, you can what you can do is just uh, recycle old uh, jewelry. Uh, so if you have like a a ring that you don't like anymore or that is broken or whatever, you can sell it to someone that will make uh, gold coins or anything out of it. Or you can also go to your. How do you do that? Uh, actually, you melt it. You melt it. That's as easy as that. You just melt it. You melt the gold because. The metal will stay, will have the same quality. You just melt it, it will become liquid and that's it. It will lose its shape. You take out the gemstones, you polish off if you have any uh, plating, you know, like to to have a rose gold or a white gold and you put some plating on it. You remove that part, then you, you melt it and you have a liquid gold that you can just, you can, you can make another jewelry piece out of it or you can make coins or whatever. So that's the first uh, way to recycle gold. Uh, We chose another way. Um, The reason why we chose that that, uh, option is because our company is based on design, minimalist, but also a bit of technology because of the lab-grown diamond. So um, we decided to use what we call e-waste. So e-waste is actually in your computer and in your in your smartphone, there are very small um, um, quantities of components made of gold. And that gold, you can take it out, extract it from the, from the phone, melt it, and reuse it for, for jewelry or whatever if you need to. So actually, we decided to, to go down that road. And we found in Belgium, uh, we found a company that is specialized in uh, e-waste recycled gold. So actually, you, you know that we replace our phones and our, our computers, I don't know, for some people every year or every two years or I don't know when. And all those um, smartphones and computers, sometimes they just go uh, to waste. They're not used anymore. 
and they just go in the in the in the bin or even some people they keep it they keep it at home for years and they are never used yeah yes <laughs> and actually in one phone in one smartphone you have 0.03 grams of gold so that might uh, seem a little but actually when you take the 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 quantity of smartphones that are sold every year it's a huge amount in in 2018 1.5 billion smartphones were sold and that's the equiv that that's uh, 53 tons of gold yeah 53 tons that's 1.5 billion phones yeah, 1.5 billion in one year yes in one year there's like 7 billion people in the world that's a lot that's a lot of phones do people have like three or four phones <laughs> some have two maybe but yeah that's a lot a lot of phones and even if the amount in one phone is tiny you can just yeah, yeah it's it and when you add 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 then it makes quite a lot of phones so especially with everything else too yeah like not phones like yes. computers and they're like this microphone yes. or airpods that we're both wearing yes, <laughs> so and then go ahead so, no no so for us that was very interesting because before going into that business i i didn't know about the e-waste i really didn't know so when i found that company i was like oh i love it i really love it because it's 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 it is the way for us to bring also into light another uh, industry that is wasting a lot of uh, materials, a lot of components that is going to waste, which is uh, technology. And if we can make something new out of it, then we just do it. It's, it's like, yeah, innovation for us is very interesting. Something in one of my classes that I learned about e-waste is there's like, again, like the blood diamonds, the whole, mm -hmm drug cartel type situation in I think it, in China where people like in the U.S. have small businesses and or even like large businesses of recycling recycling um, technology and they'll literally in these huge shipping containers ship that technology to China and it contains like mercury and all these super harmful chemicals and metals that should not be breathed in and they burn it there because they have nothing else to do with them. And that's like a way to get rid of it. And so it's a whole business, but it's super dangerous. And it gives like all the communities around there. And there was this guy who snuck in with a camera and they were like super mad at him. Like there were people with like guns and it's very, yeah. it's crazy yeah. how difficult, like the mineral technology, like how much there is that just us on the surface don't know. I digress. <laughs> In my last episode, I talked about uh, the recycling of synthetic fibers and how some like polyester become lesser and lesser quality fabric each time they're recycled. And others like nylon are the same quality and have the same characteristics as the virgin metal. You mentioned that gold is infinitely recyclable and it's also on your website, but how about other metals that are used in jewelry, like silver and brass, and how will they hold up? Uh, actually, all the metals are, are infinitely recyclable, all of them. Uh, silver, if you have silver jewelry, or even not jewelry, uh, I don't know silver, I know that our grandmas, they have like silver forks or silver. <laughs> um, Cavalry, uh, you can absolutely 
melted down and and reuse it for for jewelry or anything. So all the metals are infinitely recyclable. We decided to use gold only and 18k gold because of uh, the business business part because of our our customers that are more on the um, mid luxury range. But we could definitely use uh, recycled silver also. Yeah. Yeah, I I figured that was the case, but I thought it was interesting because like you know nylon is infinitely recyclable, but polyester isn't. Yeah. So that was something yeah. that I was curious about, and then yeah, that's a very good question. Yeah. And then I know that diamonds are obviously just carbon under insanely large amounts of pressure, but. That's mm-hmm. also very vague. And so I was wondering yes. what more you could tell us about the process of creating lab-created diamonds um, and also why you didn't use recycled diamonds. Okay. Uh, first, uh, I will answer the why we didn't use recycled uh, diamonds uh, question, uh, simply because uh, we wanted to provide a full uh, traceable supply chain and with recycled diamond, that's impossible. Because that diamond, I okay, maybe it's like on a, I don't know, like on, it was on a Cartier ring. Okay, but then that Cartier ring, that diamond, where did it come from? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Because a diamond, you can set it, unset it, put it on another jewelry, like recap. It, it loses, you, you're lost in the supply chain. And we wanted to provide a... Um, uh, like very clear, very transparent supply chain to our customer, which is not possible with diamonds in in our in our mind. Uh, also, because of the impact on the planet, uh, if you use recycled uh, diamond, like recycle mine diamond, you are still mining. Even if it's recycled, you are still mining. So for us, that was a no. <laughs> uh, but then lab grown diamonds. Uh, we use a, a technology, we use a, a technique, which is called uh, HPHT. So HPHT means uh, high pressure, high temperature. And actually, it's a very simple uh, concept is that um, in the earth, the diamond grows very deep uh, in the earth. So they are, they are submitted, they are subject to very very high pressure and very high temperature because they are very deep and it takes million years for the diamond to grow and to to be pulled up uh, on the surface of the the earth or like reachable with trucks and everything uh, in a lab uh, what we do is that we take a seed of a seed of carbon and we put it in a in a machine like a a oven but a big oven <laughs> and uh, it's stays here for like 15 days, around two weeks, and it is submitted to the same pressure, the same amount of pressure and the same uh, temperature as in natural circumstances. And it will just grow, just like, uh, I don't know, a cookie or, (laughs) it will just grow and become a rough diamond. Then that rough diamond goes through the, the traditional process of cutting and polishing and faceting everything just like traditional diamonds. That is so cool. So I should have said this before I used to be a geology major 
And so I've taken oh, a mineralogy okay, class. Yeah. And so there's, they, nice. they form, they can only form in metamorphic rock. Um, if it's yeah. high pressure and high temperature, I thought that was interesting because like in your mind, you'd think that they would form an igneous rock just like intuitively. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought in my mind, but yeah. that makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. you can't have it with only high pressure and you also can't have it with only high temperature because then it'll just become yeah. like granite or something like that Correct. or quartz. Correct. And so, um, yeah. that's, that you have to combine mm-hmm. like different. Yeah. Yeah. And I've worked in a lab before and we were shooting lasers onto rock samples to get the chemical composition of those rock samples. Great. But, um, what I mean to say by that is like, we, change the atmosphere of the chamber that it was in to be like conditions on Mars, which is what we were doing for the study. But that makes a lot of sense that you had to make it like in our earth conditions. Cause that's, yeah, mm. that's really cool. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting that you did like ge- geology. I'm a huge nerd about geology. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what kind of produce, uh, so I, on your website, it shows that there's still waste that's produced in the process of creating diamonds and, or lab created diamonds, although obviously it's like far, far less, but there's still carbon that's emitted and there's still like water that's lost and uh, same with recycled gold versus uh, regular gold. And I was wondering if you could talk about that and what those figures were from. Uh, the figures on our website? Or not like where they're from, not like uh, the source of them, but like how uh, did, what, why is there still waste and like what that waste comes from? Okay. Um, the waste is, um, for example, for, we, we, talk, we, we, we still talk about that waste, even if it's less than, than a mine diamond, for example, we talk about it because uh, to us, we, we really want to be transparent, so we don't want to say, um, lab-grown diamond is 100% uh, sustainable and we are not emitting any carbon. That's not true. Uh, so what we take into account is the electricity that you use to, to, for the, the, the chamber to work for a lab. Uh, lab-grown diamonds uh, are made in labs that have huge uh, facilities. So you need electricity, you need uh, water, um, you need the carbon also. We are taking this into account, the seed of carbon that we use. Even if it's a seed, it's a tiny, tiny seed, it's still carbon. So you still have to mine that carbon. And we, because we want to be very honest, uh, we want to take that into account also. So that's why we we compared with mine, mine diamond and lab-grown diamond. Um, we, we took into account all those uh, factors, which are electricity use, carbon emitted when you when you use a when you transport your diamond from from uh from the lab to our factory to us uh everything that is everything is taken into account and also the the carbon the seed carbon that we use uh for recycled gold is the same uh even if uh we use less uh toxic products less much more like and even if it's done in a factory, so it's not done um, in a river, <laughs> the, the, the products are not just like poured in the river. When you extract gold, you still need to um, have that mercury and a bit of toxic products to 
separate the gold from other metals because that's how you you extract gold. So that's why we also take this into account. It's only because we we want our customers to know uh, everything and what is taking what what are the processes. So yes, but the amounts are like very little compared to the mine uh, industry. That's why we also say on our website and on our blog posts and everything, we are not perfect, uh, far from perfect. Actually, we can always improve and we would like to improve more and more. And if there is another solution, when we, when we launched the business, we were saying, okay, then maybe one day we will be able to grow gold in a lab. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, then we will definitely use that. Uh, so we, we, we decide to work with the best solution that we find we found for now, and we are doing our best, but we're not perfect, and anything that can be improved will be improved, of course. Yeah. Do you think, like, eventually you'll be able to get to a place where it's 100% perfect? That's a crazy uh, assumption. That's, like, a crazy goal, but... I, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I, I really... I, I would love to. Uh, I don't think so. Simply, for example, because of uh, the shipment. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So we 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 also like uh, the our carbon emission that we the carbon that we emit when we when we ship our goods. Uh, we use an app that calculate that amount of carbon, and then we we offset our carbon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I found it. Uh, we use a, a, an app that is called uh, EcoMatcher. And then uh, when you are uh, one of our customers, you will, for example, buy a ring. Then you will receive an email from me saying, oh, your ring, from design to, to your, your doorstep, we emitted that uh, amount of uh, carbon. And for that amount of carbon, we planted as many, I don't know, like one, two, three trees, whatever. And then you can track your tree. So you have a link and you can click on it and you can see where is your tree and is it in Philippines? Is it in, in whatever? It's like you adopt the tree, <laughs> which is um, like, um, yeah, it's a funny and, and it's a way for us to, to, to offset our power. Yeah, if you want to adopt a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, eco matcher. Yes. I do. <laughs> I'm gonna download yeah. the app now. Oh my gosh, eco matcher. That is so oh my god, I love that. <laughs> cause before, cause I'd never oh, known yeah. like how how really yes. like do you know that your carbon is yes. being offset by like the where your money, you know, because you have to spend money to offset your carbon. Yes. And so how I never, yeah. I always found it difficult to like really like figure yeah. out how do you know where that carbon is actually yeah, that, being offset? That's why we, like who's, that's who's why that we money going at towards? Ecomature so that's, that's a really specific. great alternative I mean, you that have I didn't tree, know about. Here. So I really it's, like that. It's on a Google uh, Google map, you know, like Google view map, whatever. So yeah, that that's great for us. Yeah. Uh, and then I was wondering what yeah. kind of, because obviously lab grown diamonds are not as expensive as um, mm -hmm. mine diamonds, but also the people who mine the diamonds are paid so poorly that I can only imagine, like, I was wondering 
what makes the lab-grown diamonds less expensive than the mined diamonds and why, um, despite the fact that la or mine diamonds are really like, you know, it's a very corrupt industry, why they're still so expensive, even though the people who mine them and care for them up until they're sold are generally paid very little. Mm. Okay, so uh, first of all, because of the, 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 um, the processes that have been, have been put into place uh, for the diamond industry because of the scandals and everything, it's a, a much uh, more acceptable industry than before, but still it's, it's, the, the salaries are very low. But if you talk about like mines in Canada, people are very uh, well paid. They are not very poorly paid. So that's one point. But actually the very big difference in, in price between uh, lab-grown diamond and mine diamonds are because to mine a diamond, you need to do a lot, a lot, a lot of research uh, before. Uh, for example, for a mine in Australia, they can search for like four years before deciding to dig. And those, uh, those operations, the operation uh, surrounding a mine, a diamond mine is, is very, very, very expensive. Very expensive. You need to have like, you need to do like plans from helicopters and whatever. And there are like some geologists working on the field to make sure that if you dig, then there will be some diamond and it will be profitable. Because if you, if you uh, go into the operation and you dig very deep and there are uh, tons of traps and everything, and there is nothing to, to, to mine, it's a big, big waste. Uh, I don't have the, the, the figures in mind, uh, but I know it's like in million dollars. It's, it's very, very expensive. So actually when you buy a mine diamond, what you buy is the material, but it's not only the material, it's the full process that you, that they have put in, into place to uh, build that mine and to maintain it, which is And that huge, doesn't even tremendous. count the environmental impact. That doesn't count the impact no. because it's so dangerous to mine. Like you can die in a second from being like yeah. collapsed on or even just like the chemicals that you're using. And that doesn't take any of that into account. That's mm. insane. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And for the lab-grown diamond, there is the material, of course, and the technology um, that you, like the, the lab facilities, but it's much less expensive than, than the operations of the mine, obviously. Yeah. So I guess like that's why there is a gap in, in price. So the labs are mostly based, you said, in India. Uh, our labs are in India. Our lab is, is in India, uh, but there are some labs all over the world. There are some in US, in the US. Um, there is a very, very famous one, which is a diamond foundry. I don't know if you know it, if you know that, that one, but it's the company that uh, produce, uh, produces lab-grown diamonds. Um, there are some in Russia, uh, some in China, a lot of them in China also. Um, yeah, quite. There are quite a lot of them now. And if they're lab grown, why are they still decently expensive? Uh, I guess it's because of the technology that is uh, used. Uh, you still have to 
uh, have uh, highly qualified people to to put into place that technology and to grow the diamond. Um, and also, there is another part that is uh, that you need to take into account is that when the diamond is grown, when it, you have a rough diamond, you still need to go into the cutting uh, process. So just like a traditional diamond, and that part is still expensive, especially if you want to make it um, socially uh, responsible. Uh, if you want to, to pay your cutters uh, well, and if you don't want to use children to do it, because some of, some of the children in India, for example, they are very skilled in, uh, in, in cutting diamonds, which is crazy. Um, but if you want to, if you, you need to pay decently those people, then there is all this process of cutting, which is one of the most important parts important in the diamond industry, like cutting, polishing, and this needs uh, skills and, and workmanship. Do you cut them with other diamonds? Uh, no, we don't. Actually, our, our lab is, um, our lab only does, uh, on, only produces lab-grown diamonds and same as our workshop, everything is under the same roof. So they do have cutters in their lab. So actually it doesn't go into another factory to be cut. They only cut their own diamonds. So our diamonds are never uh, mixed with a uh, mine diamond. They are not never um, cut along with mine diamonds. So because on the most hardness scale diamond is like its own category because it's so hard how how are they cut what materials are used to cut them uh, the first cut is laser the first like the first major outline you know the outline and everything is cut with laser machine and then uh, you cut and polish with other diamonds uh, some uh, a big part of the lab-grown diamond industry is used for industrial use. Uh, you know, like the saws, like diamond saws or diamond. I don't know if you if you know, like um, uh, to to polish some like metals or to cut some metals or some glass. You might use the what we call a diamond saw. It's a saw, like circular saw, and there are like powder, diamond powder. And as you mentioned, on the most mm -hmm. scale, on the most scale, a diamond is a ten, and it can be scratched and cut by diamond only. So we actually use uh, yes, and lasers, and lasers of course. So the first cut is done by laser, and then the second is done by diamond itself. That is so interesting. Yeah, I was always wondering. I'm like, wait, if it's the hardest, then how is it cut? <laughs> that makes sense. Lasers, duh. So um, I was wondering if you could talk more about uh, the conventional practices for mining diamonds and gold and like more sustainable practices. So like even why um, like the more sustainable practices that are used in mining, why they're still dangerous and why they're still not as, um, or you talked about why they're not as good of an option, but like what makes them like less dangerous? What makes them sustainable other than like being fairly paid? Mm. 
for the diamond, I will talk about the eco responsible mind that exists that are very, very good initiative. Actually, it's a very big progress. Uh, I completely understand the businesses that use uh, eco-responsible minds. Um, to me, the only thing that is not working, even if it's eco-responsible, is that uh, how can you be eco-responsible when you dig uh, 300 meters deep in the ground when you... So I know that the mine in Canada, for example, they use... Um, Uh, eco-responsible energy so they use like wind uh, wind energy to I think like 40% of their energy consumption is um, is by wind energy so that's a very good improve, improvement already um, but to me when you have another alternative that's not enough um, because you dig very deep um, there are some uh, some mines that are in the sea, like offshore. So you, it's a, a whole like ecosystem that you are breaking, that you are destroying when you do that. Um, and also the numbers of trucks that you use, this is like heavy pollution, of course. Um, so to me, that's very like the environmental impact. It's like hindering to the, to the industry. Uh, the diamonds grow very deep. Uh, into the, the earth, you need to dig very deep. So, yeah, how can you do this and and at the same time respect the environment? So, I guess the improvement is uh, social improvement. I mean, the, there are not um, there is no slavery in the eco responsible minds of Canada. No, uh, it's creating jobs, it's creating uh, employment. Uh, as well as on the fair trade gold uh, mines, a lot of uh, people are employed there. Thousands of people are employed, so that that's very good. The social part is uh, is amazing, uh, but the environmental impact to me is still there. Same as for uh, gold mines, fair trade gold mines uh, in Colombia or anywhere where you have like fair trade certificate certified uh, gold mines. You create um, you create jobs for the villages and for the towns. Um, there is like um, a gender equality because there are women and men and no children, which is amazing. They provide education also, which is amazing. But you still have uh, the use of uh, toxic products in the rivers, and to me, that's uh, that's that's the main issue. Yeah. Yeah. That is all the questions I have. So okay. I am so thankful that I'm just like so happy right. that we did this. Uh, Seona's website yes, is uh, seona.com, S-C-E-O-N-A. Yes. And then her Instagram and the jewelry company's Instagram is seona underscore. And correct. so aesthetic too, by the way. Um, <laughs> so Thank you very much. Yeah, I, it's so wonderful. It's so pretty. I'm looking at the colors right now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> alrighty. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. That's all for this episode. Check out my Instagram in the show notes and feel free to leave me any suggestions for future topics. I'll see you all in my next episode.